What up? Hello. Hello. What's going on? Nothing. What's going on with you? Not much. How was your trip? It was good. Yeah? It was good. Weather was hit and miss. <laughs> Shitty one day, nice the next. It was like up in the 80s the day I left. Well, I mean, you go home to like 95 degree weather, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Dance, monkey, dance. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I am kicking names and taking ass. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Does that mean that you saw a movie this week? It does. Wow. I I just got home. Did you? Yes. Wow. Okay. So you haven't had too much time to digest what you saw. Uh, correct. Um, so anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, John went to go see Avengers Infinity War. Um, no, I, no, I saw Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause that Oprah, she's my favorite actress. Yeah. I was going to say, you don't go to Oprah movies. Um, no, I went to this movie. So Oprah happened to be in it. So by the time this comes out, the movie will have been out for two weeks. Which means if you haven't seen it, we're we're going to talk spoilers. Yep. Just because that's what we do. So if you don't, if you haven't seen it, you don't want to be spoiled. Turn it off now. Come back later. If not, we're going to spoil a whole bunch of shit. So, what was your overall um, feeling about the movie? Um, I loved it. Okay. I thought it was really fun. I was surprised at how it ended. Okay. I wasn't expecting it to be a part one. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So there was there was some contention online because when they originally announced it, they announced it as Infinity War 1 and Infinity War 2. Okay. And at some point, they took away the part numbers. And a lot of people were saying that if you weren't, if you didn't know that they were making another part to this at the very end of the movie you're like what the hell so apparently that's true in your case as well yeah I was kind of surprised I thought it was going to be a one one shot kind of deal okay that this was going to you know move the universe forward and we weren't going to go through another buddy pick team up kind of thing oh this whole thing is a buddy pick buddy team up well yeah yeah I know I just didn't expect they'd be able to pull it off twice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I also love this movie. Um, I, I found it very odd. I don't know, having seen it a week later, what the crowd was like if, it, if you were with other people that had already seen the film. But um, I don't think so. Okay, because when the movie ends... Through the credits, not one person in my theater said a word. Everybody no, just about the same. everybody just kind of sat there trying to process what they saw. Um, so spoilers here it comes. A bunch of people die at the end of this movie. Well, do they die? Well, that's they, a big topic of discussion. They disappear into a cloud of dust. Yes, they all kind of break up break up and fade away type thing um including some of the bigger heroes like spider-man and um black panther and most of the well, other the, people you've come to expect will be there to in know the and love yes well but okay so there there are several characters who very obviously are dead. Okay. Throughout the movie. Such um, as? Heimdall. Right. 
Nigel gets gets a spear through him. Loki. Loki's dead. Yep. Uh, Vision's dead. I would assume. Right. And Gamora. Right. But these others didn't really die. They just kind of disappeared. They were wiped from existence. Were they though? Well, okay. So, so the prevailing theory is at the end of the at the end of the film. Thanos gets all six infinity stones, right? Completes the gauntlet. And you think for a split second that Thor has, has killed him. He gets hit in the, he gets hit in the chest with Thor's new ax. And he makes some comment off of like, you should have, yeah, you should have aimed for the head and he's able to snap his fingers and, wipe out half of the galaxy. Um, right. There is a scene after that where Thanos is talking to the kid version of Gamora. And yes, everybody was like, where is he? It's all orange. Why is she there as a child? He no longer has the, the gauntlet. What is going on? And it, it was okay. Go ahead. Apparently they are inside the soul stone. Yes. Well, that's the theory. So, well, has at, it been proven? The director said as much. Okay. The directors have said over this past week that yes, um, the Soul Stone, that scene takes place inside the Soul Stone, and that if you follow the comic book versions, the Soul Stone traps the souls of people. Right. So there is a chance that all of the people that disappeared are actually in the soul stone Mm -hmm. and that that's where we're going to find them all in the beginning of the second movie inside the soul stone inside the soul stone and whatever they have to do in order to reverse everything that happened they will be restored because of the soul stone because they're they weren't necessarily killed they were kind of erased from existence um but the so one of the one of the things online was that if you look at who is left, um, it's all of the original Avengers. Yeah, it's Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, the Hulk, Black Widow, and they're the ones that are going to have to put it right. Everybody else has kind of disappeared: Peter Quill, Spider Man, Black Panther, um, with. With a couple of exceptions, like Rocket is still there, but Groot disappears. Right. You've got all this other stuff that's kind of like, like, so one of the things that happens is that when Thanos snaps his fingers and wipes out half of humanity, something happens to the Infinity Gauntlet. There, mm-hmm. there was, it looked like it's kind of crumpled and the stones aren't lit up anymore. So the the theory is that one of the Avengers is going to have to wield the infinity gauntlet to put things back the way it was and to reassemble it. Okay. Um, and they're thinking that Iron Man will be the one to wield it. And that to, because he's going to have to be in possession of the soul stone, he's going to have to, um, sacrifice somebody. And that person is going to end up being Captain America, which is how Chris Evans gets out of his contract. Oh, okay. So he gets a real noble end. They'll bring Bucky back, and they'll either make him or Falcon the new Captain America. Um, hmm. And then he'll go down as like the hero that saved the universe. Okay. Um. One of the things that I was talking to one of the guys at work about was the fact that if you've followed all eighteen films. Right. There is no world building in this. This starts out with an action scene, and the only thing that they have to show you is how big of a badass Thanos actually is. Right. After that, they can do anything that they want, and they just they rapid fire you into this movie, and it never kind of lets up. I don't feel like there's any time where it lulls. And they, they have to do any kind of character development. They just keep rocking right through this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I did find it a little weird the Hulk thing. Yeah. The so in the movie the Hulk refuses to come out of Banner. Um, so much so that he's in like the Hulkbuster armor at the end, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get the Hulk to come out, and he won't. Um, and I guess the theory is that because he got his ass kicked by Thanos, he's afraid to come oh, out. Oh, okay. Little performance anxiety there. Yeah, like like he gave it a, he gave it his best, and and Thanos like wiped the floor with him. Right. Um. So. We'll see. I'm sure that's his redemption arc for part two. Is at some point he's going to have to come face to face with Thanos. And then he'll Hulk out and Hulk wins or whatever. Mm, Okay. I don't know. What did you think of all the pairings? Um, I liked them. I, I, I loved all of the stuff with Thor and, um, Rocket. Groot and Rocket. Yeah. Yes. Kept calling him Rabbit. <laughs> Which I guess is better than Trash Panda. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, li- I liked Groot. It's like, you you, you speak Groot? Yeah. Well, on Asgard, it was an elective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was surprised at how much the Guardians cast was in this movie. Were you? Yeah, I wasn't quite expecting that. I was expecting them to have maybe a couple of scenes and not be an integral to it. Um, I I liked it. Oh, Peter Quill's very integral to it as far yes. as, like, really fucking up everything. Yes. Well, you know, he's one sandwich away from fat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't get Vision and Scarlet Witch. That's a comic book thing. Yeah, but I guess they're just there because he has one stone and he needed to be there to give it up or whatever. Well, and I think she's important because her power comes from the same stone. Oh, okay. So the the stone that was in Loki Scepter in the original Avengers is what right. Hydra used on the people of Sokovia. Um and gave her and her brother their powers. Okay. So I think she's important simply for that fact of like, like her power comes from that. So she might be able to be one of those people that really stands up to Thanos. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I do think overall, I do think that the movie is a really good, um, it's a really good example of being able to tell a story with a lot of characters. Yes. And give everybody a payoff. Yes. And I think that was done very well and have them contribute to the story. Even, even like, so when the Russos first announced the size of the cast, they were talking like, I think there's like 66 characters in this. Okay. But not all of them are there in, in big scenes they're either passing through a scene or you've or they get a, they get one little thing to do and then they're out like right. Wong in the beginning with Doctor Strange he's there for the initial attack on New York and then he's like hey Sanctum's yeah not defending I gotta go I gotta out. go watch the home front yeah yes. so they were able to do all that stuff and get all these people into a movie and give them payoffs and I just think that Marvel has cracked that code so well that I mean it's really exciting to see the future of Marvel sure because who know they can go anywhere from here and I feel like they're gonna they they can deliver to an audience what everybody's really wanting mm-hmm. as opposed to like the DC universe that struggles even though I yes. really enjoyed um, Justice League Mm-hmm. They struggle, and I really feel like they can learn a lesson. They shouldn't copy what Marvel's doing, but they should be able to have multiple people in a movie and be able to pay them off, right? Without it coming off stupid. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite lines was the, ooh, that's that's awfully dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? Uh, well, that was uh, Deadpool. Oh, was it? That, yeah, that was a Deadpool. Oh, never mind. Deadpool oh, that was trailer. in the trailers. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Deadpool's, I still like this. Deadpool's the only one that, that knows he's in a comic book. Yes. Well, him and She-Hulk. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I'm... It really sucks that like there's as many movies coming out as there is because I would really like to go see this again. Uh-huh. I just don't feel like I'm going to get the opportunity before like I I go see Deadpool and then Solo and then whatever else comes out. Okay. Okay. Um what did you think of the character that Peter Dinklage played? I, I, it took me a minute to figure out who it was <laughs> and, and then I liked it cause he was a dwarf, but he was like 10 times taller than Thor. Yep. <laughs> I also liked as Thor is trying to hold the iris open that <laughs> you hear Tinklage's character yell, hold the door, hold the door. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I was very happy that, that Dinklage was in this. I, uh, so when we went, I sat next to a guy um, who, like, for some reason, when, when things like that happened, I was chuckling. Yeah. And I and he was laughing, too. So we were we were kind of on the same on the same wavelength as uh, each other for, I guess, like comic book nerd nerd stuff. Uh huh. So it was black dude and he's sitting there and very end of the movie happens and black Panther disappears and I hear him go, Oh man. And then Spider-Man disappears and he goes, Oh, why they got to get rid of both my homies like that? And I started to (laughs) laugh and like the people in front of me kind of like turn their heads. Like, like I was interrupting like this really special moment. And I was like, Oh damn, I forgot. I was with nerd people. Uh. And apparently, um, Tom Holland improvised his death scene. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All the stuff with that, he doesn't want to go. And then he's scared. They basically just said to him, okay, you're about to like disappear and you're scared. Go. Hmm. And he was able to deliver probably one of the most heartfelt scenes of the whole film. Because you really feel like he's genuinely scared. But yeah, I thought it was a... I would say this is probably within the top five Marvel films for me. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... This, in no particular order, this, the original Guardians, um, the original Avengers, Spider-Man Homecoming, and the first Iron Man. Okay. I think everything else is good. I think those are just the top five. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Um, there were some bizarre things in this movie that I'm not sure about. Okay. Like, so the guardian of the soul stone is red skull. Yes. Why? How? So at the end of the first Captain America, when he grabs the Tesseract, red skull gets pulled into the Tesseract. Right. And apparently he gets sent to the other side of the galaxy where he tries to find the rest of the infinity stones and winds up on that planet. And he becomes through, I guess through his actions, he becomes the, not the protector, but like the gatekeeper of the soul stone. Okay. Who has to tell other people how to obtain it, even though he can't. 
Okay. And he's just kind of like a spectral version of himself. Mm. Okay. I just, I think it's really interesting that they paid that character off. Yeah, I was too. I was, when I first saw it, it took me a minute to realize who it was. But right. I'm looking at it going, it's like, well, it doesn't really sound like Hugo Weaving. Well, that was Because wasn't. it's not. No, it's actually Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead. Yes. Yes. Um, very, very unusual. But again, they it was like, they kind of like started wrapping up all these little plot holes. Yeah. Well, more. <laughs> so the, when the guy that I work with, has been saying for the last couple of years that like they have to, they have to pay off red skull somehow. And like he, right. he was adamant. Like we're, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that we're going to see him again at some point. And I was like, I don't think so. Cause Hugo weaving was kind of done with the whole superhero thing. Right. He kind of walked away from the big temple stuff and was like, I'm not going to do that stuff anymore. So I could, I didn't see them ever bringing the character back. Right. And when he takes off his hood and it's a red skull, I was like, holy shit, he was right. They actually paid this off. Right. And they, they, I felt like Kevin Feige went through the entire 18 movies and said, what do we need to pay off? What are the things that everybody keeps asking about? Okay, red skull. Let's put him in there somewhere. So what else confused you? Um. Well, I don't know if it's confused. Well... So, Bucky is in Wakanda. Yes. And apparently in Wakanda, they had the technology to give him a new arm. Yes. But but instead, they just let him work on the farm with his one arm trying to figure things out? Or why why would they have not replaced his arm sooner? You didn't see Black Panther? No. Okay. So, the post-credit scene in Black Panther is the the reveal that Bucky oh, well okay let's go a step back um, at the end of Civil War Bucky gets get gets taken to Wakanda and put into stasis right and he makes a comment of until they can figure out how to get this stuff out, out, out the programming out of my head um, I can't trust myself this is the best way <clears throat> In Black Panther, at the very end, you find out that they had, um, they had revived them, and they were working with him with getting the programming out. And you see him on the farm walking around with one arm. And I think the idea was when he's ready, because his arm is basically a weapon. He yeah. didn't want the arm until he was ready and that he felt like he needed it. So when Thanos shows up and they go get him, here's your arm. And they, mm. they call him White Wolf now. Yes. Yes. Okay. I guess I'll buy that. <laughs> you don't have to buy it. That's what's in the movie. I know. I know. It was it uh yeah. <laughs> it was very interesting to see how much of the comic books played into Doctor Strange in this movie. Yeah. Several of his his spells from the comic books showed up on the screen not being really identified as such, but if you knew the comic books then you kind of knew what those things were. Well, and that's that's something that Marvel does a lot. Marvel just assumes they give you enough information to enjoy the film without knowing that stuff. Yep. And he explains enough of it in the in the films to where you're like, oh, okay, I kind of get what he's doing. But yeah, there's a whole other layer that if you're a comic book reader, you're like, oh, okay, they are going to do that. Yeah, it was very much a nerd movie. Yeah. There was something for everyone from. Tobias Funky from Arrested Development <laughs> showing up in the collector's lair. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It was very well done. Yeah, a lot of that stuff I didn't even catch during the film. 
yeah. that I had to go back later and look online and people were like, oh my God, did you see this? Did you see this? And it was like, oh, okay. I guess they really are throwing everything in that they can. Yes. Because I get this feeling like not everybody's going to be whole at the end of the next film. Uh, probably not. It was nice that they propped up Stan Lee for his customary cameo. <laughs> well, of course. They're not going to leave out old Stan. Yeah, apparently not. Apparently not. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, the, and the humor was well-placed in there. Right. You know, everything from uh, Peter Quill and and uh, Peter Parker talking about the, the galactic dance-off. And he means, you mean like Kevin Bacon and Footloose? <laughs> and Tony Stark finally goes, okay, no more pop culture references from you, young man. Yeah. Or, or when Mantis is like Kevin Bacon and, and Star-Lord like, is like, is that still like the best film ever? And Peter Parker's like, it never was. Never was, yeah. Yeah, the everything from and like the whole Guardians aspect. So one of the one of the other cool things about this was that Marvel sat down in the planning stages and said instead of the Russo brothers trying to channel the Guardians into what everybody knows, they had um James Gunn come in and write all the dialogue for the guardians. And they had other directors from other franchises come in and write their characters. So it sounds like the characters, right? So the humor that you got from the guardians was straight from James Gunn. And Mm-hmm. It feels like the Avengers or, or it feels like the guardians as opposed to like those films where they'll bring in other characters and it doesn't, it's not quite the same. Right. They're trying to emulate the other movies and they just don't quite get the characters right. Sure. Marvel is smart enough to walk in and say, okay, we know that this is going to be a problem. So why don't you just write that dialogue? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It, it worked really well for them. Yeah. It didn't, it, everything seemed very seamless. Yeah. Nothing was, was out of place or seemed really kind of awkward. Like, Oh, why did that person just say that? Um, it was very successful. I was, I don't know if I want to say I was surprised, (laughs) but I, I was very pleased. Now I will say on the, on the flip side, there were, even though Marvel is really good at these films, there were things in here that I didn't like. Okay. Um, the CG characters, I uh-huh. felt looked too CG at times. Okay. I and thought, by that you mean Groot and Rocket no. and Thanos? No. I first of all, Tha- some of the lip sync on Thanos was really bad. Yeah. There were things that when he was speaking, I was like, <laughs> I hope that all the people that gave Justice League shit for Steppenwolf better be given shit to this movie too because it was just as bad his his black order when most of them talked like um proxima midnight when she's at wakanda and she's fighting um okoyo and um uh uh, black widow Mm -hmm. and she's talking to them looked really bad and I just feel like there were things in this, like it's Marvel. They've been doing this for 18 movies, most of it flawlessly. And then all of a sudden right. you get to this and is it such a big movie that it just kind of falls apart? Like there, mm. there were shots on Titan of both Spider-Man and Iron Man where their suits just didn't look right because yeah. they were entirely CG. And I was like, I'm going to give it a pass because of how good the movie is, but it's not perfect. It's not, 
and I don't know if that's just a thing of it, them running out of time or whatever, but right in this, in this world of people ripping apart one comic book company over another because of effects, mm-hmm. everybody needs to get to have Marvel to the same level. If they're going to talk about that shit. Cause I still enjoyed, I still enjoyed justice league with all the faults and I really enjoyed this. Right. I just think that there's a lot of people out there that can't like give Justice League a chance because they don't like DC or Marvel's the king at this. Well, they are, but sometimes they're not. Right. And if it is such a big film that they can't put all this stuff together, then push it back. Give them more time. Yeah, well, you know. And I know that's not going to happen, but would be nice. Yeah, that's very rarely happens in the world today. But yeah, I'm with with the few quibbles though. I do think that it's a really really good film. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen it and you're still listening to this and we just spoiled a whole bunch of stuff for you. Why were you listening? Yeah, that's right. It's your own damn fault. Yes. Don't blame us. You fucked up. Um. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little overwhelmed are you yeah just it, a little bit it'll take a day or so to really think through it all yeah okay yeah. well we'll see <laughs> we'll see um overall i really thought it was a good movie i mean it was you know it was no wrinkle in time <laughs> but you know some of chris pine's finest work was it no oh. <laughs> More than Star Trek? Yes. Oh. Yes. It was good. So what other other superhero-y stuff have you been watching? Did you watch the 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 trial of uh Oliver Queen? I did. You know, I noticed something about Arrow. What's that? Everybody on Arrow talks like they're trying to pass a gallstone very quietly. <laughs> They've got this kind of whispery thing that, you know, first started with Slade. Yeah. And now Diaz is doing it. And every so often, uh, Mad Dog will do it. Uh, yeah. And it's like, why are you all talking like that? Because Did it's a superhero say, thing, man. Shh. Is it? Kind of. Is it? It kind of hurts to talk like that. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the whole thing? Anyway, like, like trying to hide your true identity? I'm Batman. By talking like that? Yeah. You're, I don't know. you're changing the timbre of your voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> so nobody would ever just, know that you're you're a superhero when you're just talking to them. And you're just talking normal voice? Yeah. And then when you're like out, like doing good deeds, you suddenly start talking like this. Yeah, so actually a really good example of nothing recent, but um, if you go back and you watch Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. the way that Kevin Conroy does the two voices between Bruce Wayne and Batman, mm-hmm. is it's really subtle, but it really works. I mean, they've done some other stuff like in Justice League and stuff where it's augmented through like a processor. Right. So he's just talking, but it's like distorting his voice. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the superhero thing now. Is like gravelly uh, voice. <laughs> gravelly voice. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So as soon as soon as I felt like they kind of blew their load in the very beginning, there's a very funny shot of John Diggle coming down in the parachute. Yeah. Um, and you don't really like they they tell you where he is, but you're really you don't know why he's there. And as soon as they walk in, he walks into the tent, and there's a a a figure in shadow who's talking to him. I knew exactly what they were doing. 
Yeah. And who that was. And I was like, okay, that explains why Tommy Merlin is in the coming attraction for next week. Yeah. So I, they kind of wasted that. I feel, but I, I guess they feel like if you didn't know what was going on, this was a way to, to show you really quick that there was a plan afoot. Okay. But it felt really weird because for the last couple of weeks, they've been showing you that Oliver and Diggle aren't on speaking terms. Yeah. So all of a sudden it was like, when did they talk about this? And when did they decide that they were going to go get this guy? I don't know. It was, it was very strange. And I don't know if they're just coming up to the end and they're just having to pay off a bunch of stuff and they don't really care if it's, if it's plausible or not. Okay. But it was the, the shot of Diggle coming down, firing the gun. I actually laughed out loud at, uh, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, so (laughs) nobody can shoot this guy swinging from a parachute. Shoot the parachute. Yeah. Like, don't shoot at him. Shoot shoot at the parachute. He'll fall down and die. Problem solved. Fall down, go boom. <laughs> fall down, go boom. Um, I, I am glad that we're past the whole will she, won't she turn on Diaz thing with Black Siren. Uh, yeah. I was a little over that whole, like, what side is she on? Oh, no, she's still on Diaz's side. And... And I kind of like Diaz more now after his his standalone episode. Okay. I kind of felt like like they set him up, and in a way, they're kind of doing what I talked about a couple of weeks ago, where instead of doing twenty six episodes of one single story, they should like do two stories in a season. Sure. And they've kind of done that where they had Caden James in the beginning and now like Diaz has kind of stepped in. Yep. So it feels like it's two separate arcs almost. Yeah. So sure. I'm, I'm kind of glad that they've done that and I'm kind of glad that we finally got a backstory for Diaz, but I just feel like Oliver has faced stronger enemies Yes. And one, and this just, this dude just feels like he's unstoppable, even though he, Oliver should be able to take him down. No problem. Well, and kind of the way they, they end up getting Oliver off was kind of odd in that it was the, the other guy in makeup. Right. Pretending to be the judge. Right. Right. It's like, oh, okay, that's how you're going to play it? It was a very Scooby-Doo kind of thing. <laughs> but but that works within the confines of the story because they're like, well, what what happens when they find the other judge? Well, the other judge well, gets killed. Yes. So they they don't have to work. That, they just kind of wrote themselves out of that. But And I kind of feel like that worked. Okay. I can see that. But, I mean, we'll see if it lasts, like because they do have to pay the rest of this off. Yeah, and we're not done yet. <laughs> There's still time to there. screw this up. <laughs> we're not we're getting there, but we're not done yet. No. You know, I I was still waiting for the kid to call Felicity mom at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like like they wrote themselves into a, into a corner with the kid. Yeah. They really have no idea what to do with him. No, they don't. And you have like this really weird um, parallel story of Oliver and his son and um, Wild Dog and his daughter. Yeah. Where his, like, Wild Dog gets caught talking about being a vigilante and she's like, oh, I know. I know who you are. It's cool. Go do it. And then you got William, on the other hand, like, begging Oliver not to do it. Right. And it's like, okay, you've had these two kids with these two different viewpoints. Like, any kid who finds out that their dad is the green arrow isn't going to be like, don't do that. You're going to be like, I want to see the cave. I want to see like, well, yeah, but I, but I, I think it goes back to how 
the kid found out he was Green Arrow. What, with the death of his mother? Yeah. Yeah. Kids yeah. are resilient. They'll bounce back. <laughs> it's all good. His mom's just trapped in the in the Soul Stone. It's all right. Oh, that's what it is. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. That makes sense then. <laughs> that's good then. Never mind. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. I mean, I, I do feel like this wasn't the strongest season for Arrow. Yeah. I think, I think compared to last season, it's taken a step down, but I feel like they want to finish strong and set up whatever's going to be for next season. Mm hmm. And hopefully they'll take the criticism of other people and they'll try to work out a story that is just as good as last year. Right. Well, I hope, Uh I hope, I hope, I hope that they can keep it up without totally screwing things up because we've seen that happen way too many times. Well, yeah. And it's, it's definitely fatigue on their part of having the right 26 episodes or however many that. Sure. But if you're not up to it, then don't do it. True. You know, you know, either, either don't do an arc and just make it freak of the week. Yep. Or figure out a way to do the arcs in less time and do multiple arcs in the season. Yes. I mean, one thing I will give walking dead credit for is they try to change it up every eight season or every eight episodes. Right. The, the back half of the season is always different than the first half. Mm-hmm. And while their ratings have gone down, I do think that it they make a better show because of it. Okay. Um, and I think the superhero shows could take could take some advice from that. Okay. That's just my two cents. Here's my ten cents. My two cents is free. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um. So, did you also watch Gotham? I did. I loved this episode of Gotham. They I, they have really pulled out this season. The whole attack on the precinct uh-huh. was insane. Yes. So you look at, at kind of like the gritty violence of Arrow, and then you go and you look at this insanity in Gotham, and it's like, what if that really happened? Right. I mean, what if insane people really were outfitted with weapons? Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought it was so well done. I, I kind of figured that Jeremiah had already changed. Well, they showed him changing at the end of that right. one episode. At the end of the one episode when he gets the the smoke in his face. Right. But then all of a sudden he's like act, working hand in hand with Bruce and they're developing this power source. And it was like, okay, so maybe it didn't really take. The And then, of course, it, it oh, it really took. <laughs> the reveal... The, the what I did not see coming there was the reveal of Jim Gordon in the the lab with the power source uh-huh and the TV clicks on and it's Jerome uh-huh and you're watching it and you're like oh he he really had this thing planned out like what's going on yes and then there's this whole thing where where Jeremiah starts to pull the makeup off yeah that he's playing his brother and you're like holy shit which means, and then they cut to Bruce and Jeremiah, Jeremiah in the um, in the cemetery, and all of a sudden you're like, he's actually the Joker now. I just thought it was really super well done. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm glad that the show is good now. Uh huh. Um what does this mean for the rest of the show run and how do they play this into the Batman mythos? I don't know because now you have the Joker, you have the full fledged Joker 
white skinned, weird eyed dude yep. who has a Harley Quinn. Yes. I'm surprised he didn't name her. Yeah, I'm sure that might be coming though. But when she showed up on the bike in the beginning, I was like, they're doing the whole nine yards. Yeah. They're they they're not gonna wait. He's got an assistant who is Harley Quinn. Yep. Which is really cool. She doesn't talk, like she didn't say anything, she didn't do the the voice. Right. But it's clearly an homage to Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, this is too cool. This is this is everything that I've wanted out of the show. Um finally coming to fruition. And apparently it's on the bubble of whether or not they're gonna renew it for next mm-hmm. season. Which is just our luck that the show finally gets good after three years. Right. And, and now oh. they're going to take it away. Yeah. But whatever. It, it, I don't know what they did, but they certainly, certainly pulled out all the stops. Yes. And I feel, they, I feel kind of like they just said they were, I feel like they were toning the line of, the Batman universe of like, how much Batman do we make this? Mm-hmm. And this past season, the, the back half, they were just like, let's just do the Joker. We're going to do the Joker and we're just going to put it all out there. Right. And it works. Mm-hmm. It totally works. Yes. And they're going to do yeah. no man's land. At the end? Yes. And, you know. And then they're going to replace young Bruce Wayne and get on with it. (laughs) At least that's what I hope. Yeah, I know. So talking about killing off annoying characters. Yes. Have you watched Fear the Walking Dead this past week? I, so I have not watched. I watched the first episode because Morgan was on it. Okay. And I wanted to see how they were going to incorporate him into the show. And then last Monday, I, I'm at work, and a friend of mine says, are you watching Fear? And I said, no. And he goes, they just killed off a major character. And I'm like, oh, okay, like one of the, the side players. And he was like, no, the main guy. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, they killed off Nick. And I was so happy. <laughs> so happy. Because that kid has been nothing but trouble <laughs> since day one. And he's just been a shit human being. Oh. I mean, at one point, he was he was eating human brain stems for the rush. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. When he was, was like, that? Was that last uh, season? Yeah, when they first got to the, the uh, arena. Oh. They were going out and and bringing back newly killed bodies so this other guy could um, remove the brain stems and pickle it or whatever. Oh. Okay. Um, but he's just been a shitty character since the beginning. And the whole Fear the Walking Dead kind of started with him. Yes. That he was, you know, in this church, stoned with this girl, and wandering the streets, and... um. Yeah, I'm so glad he's gone. <laughs> so glad he's gone. Now, like, again, if they just gradually start killing off the old cast, and then it's Morgan and his new people. I mean, okay, do you feel like, because this was a discussion that we had, do you feel like the AMC feels like they've stretched themselves too thin with the universe of The Walking Dead? And this is just the first step on them combining the two shows. I could hope. I can hope because um, there's no reason for two shows that take place in the same time period, the same chronology now. Right. Tackling the same issues. Right. Exactly. And it's so, I mean, we're kind of getting the hint that the next season of, of Walking Dead is going to be them developing their society. They've got this, the, uh, you know, the, the book from Georgie. Right. And they're going to start 
developing a society as opposed to being just survivors. Right. So there's also a uh, a theory that so at this point in the comic books, um, there's a three year time jump. Yes. Between the end of the war and when they come back. Mm-hmm. Um. So if they do that jump, that means that fear then it becomes three years in the past again. So they're not if, at the same time frame. Yeah, but they're still at the same time frame. Technically, yes. What Whatever has happened that caused this apocalyptic event is affecting them both in similar circumstances. Right, and I agree with that. You've got, you've got the salvagers and the vultures who are just surviving, going around trying to, you know, steal everybody else's shit. Right. And then you've got the survivors who are building camps and families and trying to um, somehow get on with their lives to whatever extent they can. And it's like, so... I... I've never really been a big fan of Fear the Walking Dead because I, I felt that it just let me down in concept and I wasn't expecting them to start out and out saying well this is what happened and this is how we got here but by the same token they really um, only reached the subject a few times of the people turning and not realizing that they're that that's what's happening right until it became oh look zombies washing on shore oh look zombies crawling out of a ditch oh look zombies being held in a basement oh look <laughs> it's all the same shit so why do we need it right you know i mean i i can see that i mean and i can see amc saying we're we're spending money on both of these they're both starting to drop in ratings yeah let's just like let's just south. have morgan the gates open one day and morgan brings in the remaining cast of fear yep and they end up taking on attributes of characters in the comic books that they haven't done on the show yet mhm and just let it go with that I mean, there, there, there never seems to be a resolution to the outstanding problem that people are turning into zombies. Right. That you're, you're never given a reason for it. And in the first couple of seasons, it's like, okay, well, this is cool. This is horror. This is, you know, the unknown. And now it's like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, it was like the... You know, when Father Gabriel locked his congregation out of the church. Right. And you saw them in, was it the the grocery store the, that the ceiling collapsed with the helicopter? No. And they it, were all in the water? It was, they go to the food bank. Oh, the food bank. He says, yeah. he says, there's a food bank that my congregation used to run. There's probably stuff there. And then he sees, he sees the woman that he was involved with. Yes. Um, as a zombie down in the down in the water, yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's it's a show that seems to have no hope. Right. Because you don't see any chance of it changing, other than ooh, we can build a windmill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's not there's the opportunity for hey we can reverse this or we can stop this or there's a way out because obviously there's not a way out so why do you keep going forward yeah you know I... where, what's the end game there is no end game it's not like you have a cure it's not like you have some sort of research facility to get to to help uh, with a cure. You're basically just killing to stay alive like a pack of animals. And at some point, 
Yeah. It's just the same the same scenario over and over again. I mean, back in the beginning when you had Rick and Carl and the wife and the partner and it was all this human dynamic. And now there seems to be less and less of that. Yeah, it's just turned into like a drama now. It's not. Yeah. Even, there's no part you of know, it where you're like, oh, OK, like this is this is kind of cool now, like. You know, it's it's Rick and Michonne are a couple. Right. But who else, really? Right. I mean, you would think that they'd be pairing up to try to... Procreate? And, to, yeah, to repopulate yeah. as much as they could. And, sure. you know, people Just working together to, to better themselves in the situation. But every time they run into somebody, they're evil. Right. And it's like, uh, okay... You know, yeah, Negan Negan was baseball batting people in the head and stuff. But he felt that he was justified in doing it. Does that make him a good um a good um person? No, but it makes him a decent villain. Sure. He's just misunderstood. Yeah. But they're all misunderstood. And why is it that all the people who survived the apocalypse appear to be generally, I, I don't want to say uneducated, <laughs> but none of them had agriculture degrees, or none of them were engineers who knew how to build simple batteries. You know, they all seem to be like a bunch of rednecks who survived the apocalypse. Yeah, that's what it seems, doesn't it? You know, there's the you know, you haven't run into the the, you know, a group of scientists from New York or something. You just run into more and more of these hillbilly assholes. Well, those are the only people that survived. Apparently. So what does that say? But I or think Or all those or all the educated people who have common sense living somewhere together. But I think that's where Georgie comes in. Right. And from what I've heard, Georgie is from another community who kind of goes out testing the waters, so to speak, to find people who are worthy of bringing back. Yeah. So if they are, if, if Georgie is connected to the place that people think she is, uh -huh. um, it is a large community where the best and the brightest have gone together to um, rebuild like civilization. Okay. And one of the things that people were pointing at that direction is, is in the comic books, Eugene finds a radio that he, f he starts to talk to somebody on. Uh -huh. And it's it's somebody from the Commonwealth, which is what the new yes. thing is called. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that people were saying was that we've seen those radios this season when Fa Father Gabriel and that other and the doctor were hiding in that house after they escaped the saviors. Yeah, there's a big ass ham radio sitting on the table. Mm -hmm. So who says that they don't go back there and Eugene take it and he's, they hook up with Georgie again and it just find out that like, um, it's all this one gigantic civilization. That's how they get brought into the Commonwealth. Okay. Um, now are those the same people with the helicopter? Maybe. Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> Like apparently there is there is a tail marking on that helicopter that people have blown up and looked at, and it's three circles that make it look like a Venn diagram almost, like okay. in, in that shape. So people were trying to figure out whether or not that was a Commonwealth thing, or if that's somebody else that we're gonna have to go through until we get to the Commonwealth. Right. But like, how does Jadis know these people? And now that Jadis is hanging out with Rick, if they do do the time jump, is she hiding the fact that she knows where these helicopter people are for three years? Right. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff now that they might be like, well, you know, we're just going to whatever. 
I don't know. Uh, I've said this before. I'll probably say this again, (laughs) but I'm just kind of worn out by Walking Dead. It's not going anywhere for me. It's kind of the same things over and over again. And it's like, okay, so either do something to keep me or then, you know, I'm going to give up. Yeah, and There's I, plenty of other good TV out there. I feel like a lot of people are starting to feel that way. There's, there really is a, yeah. a move towards like the ratings keep going down, even though they keep doing more and more quote unquote outrageous things. Right. Um, you know, there was a, when when they revealed that Carl got bit the week before they were like, you won't want to miss what happens on the next episode of The Walking Dead. And it was like, all right, if you're doing that, you're trying mm-hmm. too hard because your show is in trouble. Sure. And maybe it shouldn't last for another five years. Maybe they do need to figure out where to end it. And just say, all right, sayonara. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Definitely. Now, now, do you watch Westworld? I don't. You should be watching Westworld. Okay. Westworld is so well done from taking an old, what was it, 70s, two-hour movie and creating this whole new world around it. Yeah. It's just amazing. And now we're into season two where things are getting different. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's so well done. I have it's heard so well done. I have heard from people so, that I would like it. You would. I just need to find time to actually sit down and watch it. Uh, do it instead of walking dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just it, the storytelling is amazing, and what they're going through on the new story arc is probably something they never really thought they could have accomplished with the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's doing some really cool stuff. Okay. Um. So yeah, you should uh, check it out. Check it out. Did you? Uh, speaking of things to check out, did uh, you by any chance watch the first two episodes of Cobra Kai on YouTube? I did not. <laughs> Although I've heard decent things about it. It makes me want to subscribe to YouTube Red to see the rest of them. Are you serious? Yeah, I I don't really? know why. Okay. It's. The first episode is all about Johnny and okay. and his fall from grace between um, where he was at the end of Karate Kid and like where he is now. Right. And down on his luck, just can't catch a break, dude. And he's driving around and they're doing these really cheesy montages to like 80s music. Okay. And they're showing scenes from the movie and they're showing him driving around and he's reliving his past and all this stuff is going on. And I was, and for some reason I was like, I'm really digging this and I don't know why. Huh? Um, it's just, it's, it's funny and it's pretty well done for like a YouTube series. Right. And they bring everything back as far as like there doesn't seem to be, I guess they got permission to use whatever they needed from the karate kid movies. Yeah. There's no like, like they're not showing Pat Morita or they're not showing, um, Elizabeth shoe. Like they're just taking scenes and they're using them as they need them. Right. And I just, I, I found myself going like, huh, I really kind of want to see the rest of this goddamn show now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which means I got a pony up for fucking YouTube red. And I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. It becomes like how, how invested do I want to become in this? Cause YouTube, <clears throat> YouTube red is like 10 bucks a month. And yeah. what am I going to watch on besides this? 
Right. Now, can you watch the entire series? Is it already in the can? Or? I think so. And, okay. and I know that they have a, a trial period. So it's like, can I get through it all within the trial period and then cancel and then cancel it? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. So well, I'll have to see. Yeah, all all ten episodes are on YouTube, hmm. and they all they're all a half an hour each. Okay, that's only five hours. Yeah, it's a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I can do that. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Good times. Yeah. You got anything else? Uh, no, do you? Nope. All right. All right, well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and listen you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Your Bombay. Bombay.